0: Welcome to the 32 Life Podcast, where we break stereotypes, build legacies, and help others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color
1: in the world, Brown.
0: Yes, we're back for another episode, guys. 30 to Life podcast, Redefining the Black Experience. This episode today will be a year in recap of the most memorable things that happened this year. Uh, Things that we probably want to forget and things that we want to remember. And we just really want to talk about it. We're going to talk about uh, who is 30 to Life. You know, a real deep dive into Brown and myself and what to expect from us in 2021. What up, Brown? What's going on? How, how was your twenty twenty? Great year for me. I know for other people it hasn't been, but for me, you know, I can't complain. Yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, I guess for me, the meaning of it is really like. Uh, Spend time with your loved ones uh, that 's what it meant to me what what I learned or it emphasized in terms of just reaching out to people connecting with people. I think sometimes we get so consumed with work and you know just everyday life that you know we we 're not as connected as we used to be in the past um, as much as we have all these different ways of communicating with people, we still feel disconnected so twenty twenty really taught me just to reach out to more, to more people, um, especially, you know, my family and extended, uh, loved ones. So also 2020, uh, it's just really been a blessing, uh, because for, for me, just being able to see my daughter every single day, every single minute, uh, for basically the entire year outside of like a month and a half, um, just to be with her every day, seeing her develop, grow every walk, you know, every talk, you know, everything. So that's, that's been truly, I'm truly grateful. Um, truly feel blessed that, you know, me and my wife, uh, have been able to do that. So, you know, but it's been a, it's been a tough, tough year for a lot of people. So, you know, I don't take that for granted and, you know, thank God every day that, you know, I have, uh, been fortunate and blessed to, you know, be gainfully employed and have all that. So, um,
1: yeah yeah i know yeah. my heart out my heart goes to everyone who are who are going through a lot absolutely and then the fact that you know we didn't lose anybody like to covid you know that that was a blessing too because i mean it could have happened to anybody like i was hearing stories super sad stories about people's parents dying one week after each other um you know not even getting over the first death uh but you now you're mourning the second death and it's i've made a I didn't hear just one story. I heard multiple of those stories and it's just, it's, it's truly sad. It's truly sad. And, you know, my heart does go out for the people that, that did experience those things. When, when I ultimately think of
0: 2020 um, the first thing kind of comes to, comes to my mind is the, I want to call it social awakening of white people. Uh, (laughs) And you know what I mean by is, you know, we had a multitude of, black people who were killed or murdered by police officers. Um, you know, the huge catalyst, uh, where white people uh, awakened was George Floyd, um, rest in peace to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Aubrey, And, um, you know, everyone, every, you know, the biggest thing was like, people were like, I can't believe this happens. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the first, uh, response or, wow, I can't believe I didn't know. And that's what I mean, like the social awakening, like white people, uh, a large majority, a large population of white people realize that, you know, racism
1: in America still exists. Yeah. Did they did they realize or did they just I I think they always realize it. I just don't think that they spoke up about it. Uh, I think a lot of more people are speaking up about it and aren't afraid to speak up about it more. Um, And I think that that is a a benefit. You know, I'm hard to please when it comes to the racial issues. Uh, However. It's it's still not enough, like like we say on the show, we do need legislation, we do need agendas for us. the wealth gap is extremely, extremely unequal. It's not equitable at all with, where this money is going. Um, we have too many disenfranchised black and brown people. And, you know, just considering the stock market and and how much people made off the stock market and just to see the, the, the amount. And then on the flip side, or if, I dri- if I'm i driving in a city and I see people living under a bridge in a tent, you know, and I just think like, wow, like there's so much more that we could be doing, um, especially for, you know, our black and brown people. <laughs> there's a lot of inequities in, in
0: this country and, you know, that it's going to be tough finding the actual solution. Um, I think it's it's going to be even before we even get solutions, it to be tough bringing it to the table. So, you know, when I think about our podcast, it really, you know, it's important that we focus on our community and do what we can because uh, we can't rely on the government to fix this uh, even if a law is passed, I mean, that says racism's not allowed anymore. Like it's still going to be racist. So, it's true. you know, it's important that the only, I, I think the biggest thing that we can take away from, from this year is, um, we have to come together. We have to be a unit, one unit, you know, black first, um, you know, regardless of our gender, sexual orientation, uh, religion, you know, uh, uh, social economic status, um, that we all are, you know, black first and, and, and be united front. Uh, because it, w- when we look at it, you know, we're powerful, a lot of things you see, you see this. Um, and I think sometimes our focus is on the wrong things like Angela, mama and uncle Ben's and all those things that not really going to change anything where it needs to be, power in terms of the uh, economic empowerment for black people right we need we need money in our hand or or education and using that education to
1: build and grow in our communities yep yep so kobe called me off guard. like when i first heard about kobe i was chilling on my couch watching tv i get a text message from one of my frat brothers and they say is this real and it, it was a picture of kobe um, and it was like, a, rest in peace, Kobe, blah, blah, blah. So basically it was indicating that Kobe was dead. And so I didn't believe it when I saw it. I was just like, nah, this is not true. Like, like, what do you mean? Lo and behold, a few minutes later, you know, a newsflash pops up on my phone and I see, you know, Kobe Bryant died with his daughter. And I'm just like, what? wow, like Kobe, like the second all time greatest player in the NBA to some people. Some, some people will say third, but Kobe is gone. Like, how, how did that impact you? Like you were a Lakers fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm a
0: diehard Lakers fan. Um, one of the original Lakers fan since I want to say 1996. Um, I've been a Laker fan and, you know, shout out to Eddie Jones, uh, who led me to the Lakers, but, uh, Kobe helped me stay there. So, um, yeah, when I, when I heard it, you know, uh, cause I, I look up, I look at Google news every, every morning, just about, um, and, you know, go with different articles and stuff. But when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. You know, like he's, you know, the, the face of the Lakers, uh, and, you know, one of the greatest of our generation. And, you know, I remember c- collecting all his basketball cards and, you know, shooting saying Kobe, and, you know, rooting for the Lakers each and every time, um, so it was tough. It was tough. Um, my little brother's also a big Lakers fan. So, you know, he was, you know, crying, you know, I think he was crying. Uh, but <laughs> you know, he said he was crying, but uh, it was tough. I mean, I didn't, I didn't cry, but it was just like heartbreaking because, you know, he had so much more life to live and to give to, um, the game of basketball, to our people, to, um, his his daughters, I mean, that, that kind of was like the first thing I, I thought of, you know, because, you know, I have a daughter now and it's just like, damn, like, you know, he's, you know, young and he had all girls and he left them and his wife. And that was the tough part. That was tough. Um, just thinking about that and how, you know, it affects his wife and his his daughters. And, you know, she was one, his youngest daughter was young and she's not even going to remember him. And that's just heartbreaking. So, mm-hmm. Kobe was tough. I mean, you know, rest in peace to the Black Mamba. But yeah, that
1: was yeah, tough. That was that was uh, a <laughs> that was like the haymaker. Though it was like COVID, then Kobe. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like how much? How much can can we take? One <laughs> time. Oh man. So, what do you think about this statement, though? Not not to go off topic, but someone mentioned that you know we as millennials, you know we dealt with more than the other generations like we dealt with 9-11 we dealt with now these the pandemic and we dealt with uh oh wait uh, oh wait the oh wait yeah the market crash no no so we dealt with technically two market crashes because we had a market crash this year oh no yeah and covid and market COVID. crash with covid yep so when people get at millennials right like we, like we, we went through a lot I've been through a lot. Wow. I I never well, no,
0: I actually have before COVID. I thought I thought about, you know, um, matter of fact, at the height of COVID, I thought about it because uh beginning of college, uh, or or as you were ending college or getting through it, uh, you had the the Great Recession. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years in your career where most people probably either maybe still in the same place, um, or started to actually move ahead now that we have, you know, another recession with COVID. So that is really tough. That is really tough for our generation, for millennials, which gives it, I mean, it gives it meat to the bone that you can argue that we've had it tougher, but I still, we we have too many luxuries at our feet. It's true. As people like, it's like, we have too many luxuries. Mm. too many luxuries like you can if you want to work you can just go drive uber or lyft right mm. if you want to uh have another point you can you know uh uh get food for fast food for people i forgot the name of it uh, uh grubhub and all these Grub different things uber you can, eats, yeah yeah uber eats and and just yeah. easily get a job um where recessions before like when there was a recession there was no finding no job right it was like yeah. you penny pinching and figuring out may not be eating some nights. Yeah. So I think because our luxuries, right? When you think about it, um, everyone has a phone in their home. Everyone got multiple TVs. You have multiple cars. You have, uh, people go out to eat all the time. I mean, there's so many things that we have that other generations have haven't had. We have the internet for education. A lot of people during this time figured out a new skill The people who were like, "Hey, this is my opportunity. I get to work from home, so let me figure out how I can do this permanently." That's Mm -hmm. inspired a lot, a lot of people. Um, And I think people were set back, but people weren't able to eat. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's why it's like it's it's tough. But you have a pro in terms of like you know doing better than the other generation. This could set it back in theory um for a lot of people um because the goal is always to do better than generation uh uh, previously right so with these two recessions it could you know if we're gonna adjust for quote-unquote uh life inflation i made this term up life inflation um where things should be getting better over time but you're set back multiple
1: times it could be equal Uh, in all honesty and that's that's a true statement but for me it just feels like it's so far-fetched only because i see people they're making a lot of money in the stock market like people people have making millions and people have made millions of dollars in the stock market so i think about that and i think about wow like our financial education is really the thing that we need nowadays and that's what's going to put us at least in the race now so let's let's talk about arguably the biggest event of of twenty twenty, and that's the the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, you know, we we originally thought it started off in Wuhan, China, and I, I think that's still the same consensus that like it came from Wuhan, China. Um, the China virus. Oh, yeah, the, the Chinese virus. Say.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, they call it the Spanish flu, right? Then they call it and and that right. So I guess it's yeah. the origin of. The who said it?
1: <laughs> well, even who said it? Because you know, if, I feel like it came from Trump's mouth. So you know, people are questioning it, it's 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 racial integrity, or is it racial? Is it racist? Rather,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, we we talk about racism a lot, but everything is in racism. I think I think we we learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important where the media has their own uh agendas with certain things, but you know, let's just call it the coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. It, it was, I mean, coronavirus is crazy. Nobody knew what it was doing. No one, no one knew what was going on. Uh, uh, some people were taking it extremely serious because uh, toilet tissue was missing. <laughs> toilet paper was missing, you know, like three weeks before, like, you know, shut down, right? Like in of February, people were just like, yeah, toilet tissue, that's what we're going to need, you know, for this disease. Like we need toilet tissue. And Clorox. Couldn't and find clor- Clorox. Oh, Clorox wipes. RX wipes you couldn't find you couldn't find it anywhere, and then yeah. hand sanitizer. Yep, business yeah, opportunities. Fine. So whoever whoever bought all the uh, hand sanitizer and rubbing alcohol at Dollar Tree and Walmart and all these stores, hats off to you. Um, you are uh, what was it we talking about? Rich Dad, poor that taking the initiative, <laughs> Season season the day, season of opportunity because you couldn't find nothing. You had yeah. to really go to a city or town where. They didn't have any way to, uh, uh any people there basically like yeah. old town that barely had wi Uh,
1: that's the only way you could find something. Yeah. Like being an essential worker. Like I remember being in the city, like New York city and in the, like no one is on the streets, a car coming by every five minutes, like literally ghost town status in New York city. And I just remember standing in the middle of the street, just think about being on 42nd street. And you can actually stand in the middle and take a picture and do a selfie and like not have to worry about cars or the taxis hitting you. In March of last year, or yeah, March of this year, rather. Sorry. No, the
0: craziest thing—the crazy thing—you say no people. You know, people are telling me that they can find parking <laughs> anywhere <laughs> in the city. Like it's true. Anywhere. It's true. And that, and if you know, if you ever uh, drove to the city, you know, trying to go to you know a play or anything, you can't find no parking. And that's
1: why I knew, I was like, yo, it's a, go- it's a ghost town. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a sight to see. It was really like, I thought I was watching the episode of Walking Dead and like when they were in Atlanta, like I was scared zombie was going to come out from behind the car and attack me and shit. Like it was like on that type of ghost town status. So COVID-19, I want to ask you something though about it. Okay. Um, so I had, I had, I had this lady come talk to me. And, you know, she, and she said something very profound. She said, how do they know all the people that died during this time actually died from COVID-19? And how do we know that they aren't just fudging the numbers to increase the numbers when in all actuality these people might have died with something else? So. Technically, they didn't do autopsies on these people to really prove that they died from COVID-19. So how, are, how can they really say, you know, we have the mortality rates that we do now? So hopefully, um, <laughs> you,
0: trust you know, Apple or Spotify don't put the disclaimer what I'm about to say, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's more advantageous for businesses to say, well, not businesses, but hospitals to say, you know, you die from COVID because you probably get more funding. It's not a probably. probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not probably. You and uh, uh, multiples would probably get more funding mm-hmm. because it is COVID related. I right. mean, from every stimulus package to mm-hmm. every aid, you know, if it's COVID related. Um and it's not, I'm, I, I don't want to be no conspiracist theory, but I think it's just like people, you know, are opportunists. People are opportunists. The, and if, if you know, they say something's wrong with your lungs, oh, it's COVID. If they say, oh, you know, your, your feet is starting to uh, get arthritis in there, it's COVID, all these different things. Like, and I mean, it's, 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 it's a high probability that people, the, the hospital's have done it, you know, because yeah. there's no way to really like uh, prove it unless you, you know, give someone a COVID test after they died, which,
1: I don't think it's that good, but who knows? Which leads me to the vaccine then. So, like, so it's like, and I, and don't get me wrong, I do know that it was a rough time. I saw the the dead bodies, you know, we I saw the freezers that they had to get to, you know, to put the dead bodies in because there wasn't any spaces in the morgues. You know, I remember walking through the ICUs and seeing the chaos. So, I can't say that it isn't real. I just am not totally sold on the severity that the media has portrayed, especially knowing that None of these bodies were autopsied on. Yeah. You know, you they they can't say for a hundred percent this person died of COVID, like unless you know they absolutely know, but they don't know. There's so many people. There's so many people that died.
0: Yeah, they, they're not gonna. I mean, that's that's another uh, cost in itself if you're gonna like verify it. So, um, I, I COVID, I agree with you a hundred percent. COVID is is real. Um, there are a lot of people who passed away from it. It's just. What are the real numbers? We won't really know. I mean, the media will sell you a lot of half truths um, and, you know, to push the agenda. So um, I do want to say that my heart goes out to anyone who lost any of their loved ones from yeah. COVID. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who passed away in this country and, you know, just rest in peace. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I, I had a conversation with someone who, you know, uh, parents live overseas and they couldn't get to them and they passed away. And that, that's tough. You know, my heart goes out to, you know, anyone going through situations like that. Um, so, you know, it, it ultimately regards if it was as big as it is now, if it was at a smaller level, eventually a vaccine was going to come. And, you know, we just have to be, you know, uh, educated regarding that and, and move move on. You know, um, we know, what we need to do to prevent it. So we just have to, we have to be smart about our, our, our next moves.
1: And even if you don't wanna take the vaccine, I do think that it, it is beneficial for you to be concerned about your own immune system. And that means eat the right foods, you know, go talk to your doctor, decrease those, those, those fatty foods that you're eating, decrease the fried foods, um, be mindful about what vegetables and how much vegetables you're putting into your body every day. Um, you know, don't your body trust. Moves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like don't trust the American healthcare system, you know, do your own research, know your body, learn your body. Um, but let's talk about Floyd. Um, Floyd was a, a shot heard around the world. Yes. It's a domino effect. Yes. Um, it caused a lot of, of conversation. It's led to a lot of conversations, uh, hard conversations between, uh, black and white people. Um, even, even on the scale of our jobs, you know, our jobs brought it up and we had, uh, you know, you had your, your situation with your jobs and, you know, and my, my job handled it in a, in a way that I just found it to be amazing, you know, and so supportive, but, What do you think about Floyd now? Like now that time has passed, like how are you still feeling about it? So first
0: rest in peace uh, to George Floyd. Um, You know, him passing away, well not passing away, being murdered. Mm -hmm. Brought a much needed conversation. Yeah. Uh, That conversation was had over and over again across family, friends, corporations, corporate America. politics, et cetera. Uh, but I think it was a missed opportunity uh, by our people. Uh, we should have demanded something tangible. Mm. Cause there's a lot of things that were like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't any actions actually done uh, that was material yeah. to uplift the black community. And yeah.
1: we got ten year
0: olds out of it murals, statues taken away. I mean, all these things that I don't, I don't care an ounce about. Mm. Um, what I care about is, you know, closing the wealth gap. What Mm. I care about is better education. What I care about better jobs. What I care about is criminal justice reform. Like those are the things that we should ask for. I mean, even to, uh, a higher, uh, or a reach, I would say reparations. Right. That's mm-hmm. when the at least, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna reach for something, like let's start with reparations, and then you know, compromise down, or which could have been just led to like criminal justice reform, uh, legalization of marijuana, all these different things could have been like the the compromise. But you know, that's what we should have required. I mean, not required, demanded. Mm-hmm. Should have demanded that. So, how
1: how you feel? I feel like something good did come out of it. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, and I think what good came out of it was at least we are starting to have conversations now on a, in a, on a larger scale. Um, our, our, our needs aren't being addressed to the capacity where I feel like they, they need to be addressed. However, conversation is starting. And, you know, we said on the show before that, you know, baby steps with certain things. And although I think this should be a great leap Um, just to have the conversation with people that I'd never thought I would have the conversation with um, and to to feel comfortable doing so. And for them to feel uncomfortable and be comfortable with them feeling uncomfortable. i would never experienced that before. And, you know, I do think that George Floyd was a martyr for this, but um, you know, something did come out of it and, you know, no, I thank you, George Floyd. Yeah. That's, that's,
0: that's a fair point. Um, There was a lot of conversations um, that we wouldn't have had if, you know, George Floyd wasn't murdered by the police officer. So, you know, in that way, he is a martyr. And, you know, we we have to we have to really uh, further, you know, his his is deaf, right? We have to get some agendas, we have to get some legislation, we have to, you know, move forward and, and build upon that and and really, you know, make our ancestors proud, right? We, we know the civil rights uh in the in the 1960s and and before that. And you know, this is like I said, it's the opportunity to to do that. And I think directly after that's where we could have our you know huge demands and, and see where we go from there. So, you know, but you know, we talk about, you know, the whole, uh, George Floyd, uh, death and, and one of the things that grew as a result of it was black lives matter. So, you know, how do you feel? We all believe that black lives matter, but how do you feel about black Lives matters, the organization in 2020, just, you know, growing and, and do you, do you feel that
1: that has helped black America? do i feel like black lives matter helped black america <laughs> in terms of the awareness of black of other people being aware that black lives matter i think that it was successful in that sense um, i just don't know if it's going to be successful in a way that we need changes um so like you said like we need the legislation we need um, we need the agendas. We need police to stop killing us. So it did. It did put the situation on a spotlight, and I think that in that sense, you know, it was a positive thing, and it is a positive uh, um, a group. I just don't know the legitimacy of the group you know there was a lot of uh, scandalous things that have been said about it um especially in, in terms of like destroying the black nuclear family that was re- that I mean, that was now removed but um i don't necessarily need to agree with everything a uh, organization um believes in uh, i do believe in you know just having my own opinion and taking what's good out of certain things and leaving what's not, and, you know, so in terms of the awareness, I will say Black Lives Matter did its thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the movement, Black Lives Matter, absolutely. And the organization, like you mentioned, there was stuff on their uh, about us, uh, mission statement that really detracted away from like the black agenda or what black people need to, you know, improve their circumstances in this country. And I think, you know, the, the outrage towards that. I think that it was, I think it was appropriate, uh, for that, um, those, uh, statements that are on their website to be changed and they did change it, but it still just makes you think like, who's like behind the mm-hmm. organization to, for those, uh, statements that were in there in terms of like, you know, uh, re re reimagining the the nuclear family and you know destroying the patriarch and different things that was on there that really made you be like black i mean the black family is not what it's been over the last 50 years so we need to fix that so when that's the first thing i thought and it's just like it made me just want to research more understand it so of course the black Lives matter movement I'm hundred percent with, but the organization, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, still navigating and trying to figure out, you know, is it something that's really beneficial to black people? Um, as far
1: as from their main agenda. Uh, so,
0: so yeah.
1: Speaking of black lives matter, um, let's, 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 let's bridge this to the election. Well, no, before, um, you go into the election,
0: um, we have to give a shout out to ice cube, Ah. the contract for black America. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, think, I think I think we have to shout him out because
1: no one else are, are, will if we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to agree. I mean, I think that the agenda was was robust in a sense where it, it has a plan for us to to make some money, you know, um, and also it puts a responsibility on us as well. You know, and I think that that is is important. You can have all the tools in the world, but you have to be the responsible one to put them to work and to use them. And uh, I believe that a lot of times we have those tools, especially within this generation, especially millennials, like every millennial for the most part that I know has a cell phone. To me, that means they have access to a lot of information. You could be educating yourself on literally anything that you want to educate yourself. You don't need a college education now. You have people making millions of dollars doing various things, selling whatever it is. You can do whatever it is that you need to do now. Um, and so I just feel like that agenda would be a, a way for us to do more and to really build equity and to to have some to have some say in this country.
0: Yeah, it absolutely starts with us if the government decides that they want to give. support to the black community and we're improving our community at the same time, that's magic. Right. Um, But until they do, we still, we just have to fix, fix what's broken and not really rely on the government because time after time has been broken promises. So, you know, we have to take control into our own hands.
1: So so speaking of Black Lives Matter and police brutality, um, that just makes me think of the 94 crime bill. And that just makes me think about our president elect, Joe Biden. Um, Yeah, this
0: this was an interesting election. Vice president elect.
1: Is it Madam Kamala Harris? Um, This was an interesting election. It was probably the first election with exception to the Obama election. I I will say no. I will retract that statement. I think I was more in tune with this election than the Obama election, actually. (laughs) Because for the Obama election, I just voted for him because he was black, honestly speaking. But this election, I didn't. Have the same mindset that I had when I was voting then. You know, I didn't want to follow the crowd. I wanted to make a decision for myself. And um, that's exactly what I did with this election. Um, and, you know, I personally chose not to vote for the president. I, I did vote for uh, Senator Cory Booker, but I didn't vote for the president at all. And my reasoning was because I felt like both candidates weren't suffice enough i couldn't choose i for me to, to choose the lesser two evils in that respect was was stupid um you know a lot of people disagreed with me you know i had my family say you know i chickened out blah, blah 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 whatever i didn't care i don't care i felt like i made the best decision for me <laughs> and that's that um but trump's out of here so um you know, and then that, that's a good thing. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm happy about it because, you know, I made a lot of money in the stock market, but who's to say Joe Biden can't make me a lot of money either. I mean,
0: I mean, this is tough for this year. Um, <laughs> I followed it from the beginning of the election cycle. That um, both parties looked into every the policy that people were going to say they're going to do. Um, and, you know, I, I re- honestly believe if COVID didn't happen, Trump would be reelected without a doubt. Mm. Um, I think then the uh, media used it as an opportunity to get who they wanted in the office and used it over the next, what, seven months, eight months to attack the Trump to get him out of office. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, and they know that. I mean, the media knows that. The Democratic Party, Republican Party—they know that, like, like his base increased, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like as as horrible as the media was saying he is, like his base increased, uh, his and then his minority uh, support increased by multiple points, mm-hmm. including black women. They didn't point that out, right? It, it, like, it, it the, the Democratic support dropped four points. Mm-hmm. so um you know as bad as it is more black people vote for him, more hispanics are voting for him so um you know that just makes it interesting right and it's like being objective and it's like you know is is things gonna get better for black people in particular if we focus just on the black agenda and what for black people i don't know where we i don't know where we're gonna stand you know over the next four years right in terms of specific things to help the issues that we have like if i'm if i'm joe biden i you know uh promoted created implemented the 94 crime bill that should be the first thing that he wants to fix for black people and he may not say a word about it he <laughs> ain't until uh i mean i don't even yeah so i'm watching him i'm watching him you know yeah. like is he better is he better than trump because if he does absolutely nothing for black people, then he's no better. I would say he's worse. Yeah. If he does nothing for black people, because black people got him, uh, uh, from super Tuesday, right? No, South Carolina to super Tuesday to the, to the office. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. he does nothing specifically for black people, and I mean, when I say specific, I want the word black. I don't want to see the word minority. Like
1: that granular. But you have some people out there who are going to say, you know, Biden has, is hiring a lot of black people under him. You know, he's, he, he has all of these African-Americans that he's hiring to, you know, work for the government. You know, what, what, how could, how could he be racist? Like, how could he, like why would he do those things if he's hiring these people? I don't care <laughs> <laughs> if it was all black, the cabinet, well, maybe if
0: it was all black cabinet, maybe that, that sway me a little bit. Um, not sway me, but I'll be like, okay, that's interesting having an all black cabinet, but just because he sprinkled a couple of black people in certain positions, like if nothing gets done, it mm. does not matter. Like I know as a black person, we're capable of anything. Mm. I don't need people in, uh, positions, um, Enough to get
1: pacify done. me basically
0: and nothing gets done yeah and then that yeah. and then and then all the negative attentions on those black people was like oh they were in there; they should have done something look what they did with obama like he was you know uh, a representation for black people but when it came to agenda specific for it like he did not get a lot of stuff done and he, he admitted to that, right. we, you know, first two years, um, he had to navigate through it. And then the last six years, you know, we didn't have majority. Um, and he just had to play by politics. Like he said, I'm a politician, you know, at the end of the day. And, you know, they have to get people who don't think like us to come on the other side, right. Or, or see a compromise. Yep. Yep. No, I agree.
1: Um, so it's on him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he owes a lot to black people. I think, um, I just hope he doesn't think that putting or hiring a lot of these black people is going to resolve the issue. Um, because for people like, you know, you and I were watching him, I'm watching him too. Like I'm really watching him and I'm like, I'm waiting for a mistake and I'm waiting for some type of indication to prove that I was right, that he's a racist as well. Um, but, you know it is what it is I, I i really just want us to really wake up and to really understand that we don't owe any loyalty to any democratic party um and i really we said it before on the show but we're going to keep i'm going to keep saying it because to me, it makes perfect sense. Why are we showing loyalty to a party who isn't giving us the things that we need? Um, giving us the bare minimum and not specifying the needs that, we, the, the needs that we, uh, uh, we require. Biden is supposed to make up for what he did. I mean, he, he really hurt a lot of families.
0: Yeah, he hurt families and we helped them get in. So it's like, you did, you did a black yeah. men wrong, black men and women, and we still voted for you in large blocks. You're now the president-elect to be the president. What are you going to do specifically for us? Yep. So uh, that's what I'm waiting. I'm watching. And everyone who voted for it should be watching as well. It's not, oh, I just want things to turn go back to normal. No, I need, I need action. I need to see something. Judge you by what you have done, not what you have said.
1: We talked about 2020. And, you know, we're going in to the, to the new year, you know, happy holidays, everyone. Um, we want to talk about what you guys are going to get from 30 to life in 2021. Uh, what you can expect from us. Um, and we, we want to really just provide you guys with some excellent content. Um, so what, what do we have in store for them? So uh, 2021,
0: you're going to expect you can expect to see us have more experts, guest interviews uh, for the topics that we've already done and we'll take deeper dives into it. So anywhere from social issues to mental health, to uh, fitness, mental, uh, physically, to dieting, to um, financial literacy, you know, Mm -hmm. improving, you know, your, your situation, um, dating now dating. Um, when we look at all our episodes, the dating episodes by far was the most popular. So we're going to have dating experts come on, uh, mm-hmm. individuals who are, uh, uh, great in terms of these topics. And you, you may have heard or seen them before. So look out for that as well. Um, so yeah, look out for that. Uh, you're going to see some more visual, ah, you're going to see more visualization uh, of us, you know, more some videos that's going to come out for us and uh, really just more 30 to life, uh, more redefining the black experience, breaking these stereotypes, helping others along the way.
1: So that's what I'm excited about. Did I miss anything, Rob? No, no you pretty much touched it all. I just want to re- reiterate a few things. Uh, you know, you said redefine the black experience and we really want to highlight that. Uh, the black experience is important to us, and we 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 want to uh, teach, and we want to really have people on the show that're gonna they're gonna teach us as well, um, and indirectly or no, or sorry not indirectly, but that's gonna trickle down to you guys um, who are our loyal listeners. And so I really want to take this time to really appreciate or say I appreciate our listeners, um, the messages that you guys send us on, on, on Instagram, um, the reviews, even though somebody, did, did you see somebody gave us a bad review? <laughs> you, you didn't see that? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> stop, stop the madness. Yes. Yeah, someone, someone we, gave us a bad review wait, and we, I, I don't know who you are, but I just want to know why you gave us a bad review. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We, we ain't talk about this. Like, and I, oh, I yeah. check the reviews.
0: Uh at least every week. Um because no, you know, we have a lot of reviews, a lot of ratings, you know, in a short amount of time. And I can't believe we got
1: a bad review. We got one bad review. Um I, I and I don't know if it was a hater. Probably was a hater. Um, but Do you, you want to read it right now?
0: <laughs> Sorry, not a review, a bad rating. Oh, okay. Oh, I was about to say someone really took the time to write. Yeah, you know, someone we, gave us a bad listened- rating. Yeah. Okay, well, I think it's a learning experience. You know, everyone's not yeah, going to love yeah. what we do, and, and that's okay. You know, that's growth for us, right? Because yeah. I was about to get angry. Yes. I was about to get sad. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, we may, I mean, we, we touch on some topics that, you know, it, it can be uh, polarizing, right? And, and people stare one right. way. I mean, especially politics, um, you know, religion. I mean, these, these things are taboo for a lot of podcasts, so that don't touch them. But, We, we go there. So yeah, you know, I want to reiterate and thank all our listeners. I mean, listeners, you helped us get on, get a feature on Apple podcasts, get a feature on Amazon music um, features on, on some other platforms, smaller platforms, Um, all the reviews, all the ratings, uh, the followers. I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, approaching what 13, 1400, followers on instagram um you know we only not even post every day uh so you know that just shows that you know people are listening people uh want to be uh a part of this movement the 30 to lifers that's that's what should we call them at 30 to lifers yeah it's cool okay yes yeah. okay so yeah so listeners you're 30 to lifers that's what we want <laughs> to call you and you know we're just thankful so you know i i don't i don't know if we ever did this but We never talked about like the name 30 to life, why or how we came up with that name. Um, and, you know, COVID was, you know, the catalyst that helped us to start this podcast. So, you know, indirectly a tough time, you know, from there, you know, we're able to create this podcast. So, you know, I definitely agree that tough times don't last Mm -hmm. tough people do. And you know, through that we created this podcast. So Thirty to Life, we know when you hear it, we think about incarceration. You know, for the black population, mass incarceration is, is huge. We're overrepresented in the jailing jail system. And we wanted to turn that term to a positive. So thirty to life to us is the best time in your life. You get married, you have children you know, you grow your wealth, you build your legacies, um, and you help your people along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have, you know, one, we redefine the black experience, right. Turning that term 30 to life, uh, to positive Two, you know, when we, when we think about like breaking stereotypes, you know, that's another part of it. The stereotype is like everyone, every black person a black man is not a criminal. Where we're doing things, uh, we change in the stereotypes that media has shown so much that we're criminals and we do the worst things and we're all rappers or athletes, um, and we disrespect women and, and we 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 don't take care of our children. All these false narratives that the media has, you know, perpetuated, uh, because you know, they own all the media. I mean, there's no black owned media uh, at a large scale. And so if we took it on ourselves to come up with the term 30 to life. Took it on ourselves, right? That we wanted to talk about the best times of your life. Committing to a black woman, having a child, uh making mistakes, learning from them, and then growing from there, right? Because we don't know everything. But we know what we don't know. So we're going to continuously learn.
1: Building wealth, starting businesses. You know having those tough conversations that or about topics that typically people don't talk about, you know, and that, that's really what we want to bring to the table too we We want to talk about the topics that people normally or are, are afraid to talk about um so we we want to bring specialists and guests like you said to really break down these these topics so we're, so we we brought you we brought you thirty to life podcast, but we, but it's going to be a more of an intensified show now because we have experts, we have scientific data. We're going to bring you the truth and allow you to make educated decisions after you listen to the show. Yeah, and
0: with all that, you know, we're going to add a hint of comedy to it. You know, like you know, life is already you know serious, so you know we have to add you know some comedy to it. Um, bring our personalities to it. So you're going to see more of that. Uh, so look out for that. Look out for crying babies in the background. Yes. Because we are fathers. Yes. We are fathers.
1: <laughs> fathers first. <laughs>
0: yes. And if a father's in the home, you're going to hear somebody uh, crying or complaining because yes. that is the experience of a family, man. And yeah, loving. You'll hear the love. So that is 30 to life. And I challenge everyone in 2021 to redefine the experience that people have placed on you, where they think you are, prove to him, prove to him, them, her, that you are more than just what society says you are. Prove to them that you are capable of anything. Prove to them that we're not defined by our experiences, but we're defined by our opportunities. And that we help each other, that we learn, that we grow, and that we
1: are one. Yes, well said. There is life. We out. It's your boy mukina It's your boy, Moogie. And your favorite color in the world, brown.
0: 30 to Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give us a review. Positive one, if you loved it. And uh, follow us on Instagram, 30 to Life pod. Check out our website. We don't really promote it, but 30 to Life pod.com. Everything's on there. Every episode, a little bit about us. Uh, Just go to that website. Show love. And don't be stingy. Give to the needy because people need to hear the 30 to Life podcast. We out.